0: I thank the Lord for how he's given me this opportunity to share God's word with you. But before I do, I want to mention some things that have happened in our country, and our state, and our city, and here in this neighborhood in Uptown. In the United States, there's always been racism and injustice since the beginning. That's a long time. Historically, the body of Christ has been too quiet, too inactive. So what are we to do now? What are followers of Jesus supposed to do now? Yes, we're to pray, but also we're to be a good neighbor. We're to speak up, speak out, and we're to be involved. Micah chapter 6 verse 8 says, And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. That verse doesn't say that the Lord gives us options or suggestions or requirements. He says this is what he requires us to act justly. It's a require. That means something you must do. And also that verse does not say what does your family, your boss, your alderman, your mayor, your governor, your president say. This is the Lord, the creator of the universe. The Lord Almighty says we are to act justly. May God help us be a voice for justice and agents for change. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we need you. We need your power. We need your wisdom. We need your courage. And we pray now, Lord, that you'll open our eyes, our ears, our mind, and our heart to hear and understand your words and to apply them to our life and to pass them on to other people. We ask that in Christ's name. Amen. I must tell you, the last time I spoke and this time right now, I am the only one in this room. I am all alone. Normally, I would be looking over the crowd and changing my direction, but now I'm to look straight at a camera because it's just me and the camera. And yet, actually, for a believer, we're never alone. Because Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. In Psalm chapter 139, David wrote in verse 8, if I make my bed in the heavens you are there if i go down to the depths you are there jesus said in john chapter 10 verse 28 i will give them eternal life and they shall never perish and no one can snatch them from my hand no one no virus can separate us from jesus can i get an amen say it again with some emotion can i get an amen thank you also i want to tell you That's a good thing I did not speak last week because my hair was so long you wouldn't have been able to recognize me. And I wanna thank the Lord for my wife because she's been able to take care of her own hair and her own fingernails. But also my wife is very wise because when she does this, she gives me a bill to pay for her work and effort. I love her. Whether together or apart, we have so much in common. We all like to eat and drink and sleep and have fun. We like bright, sunshiny days, as I'm experiencing here right now. We like to have a nice place to live. We like to have enough money. We all want to be loved, and we all sin. Yes, we all sin. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned. 1 Kings 8 says, Chapter 46, Solomon says, there is no one who does not sin. James chapter 3, verse 2 says, we all stumble in many ways. And the word stumble actually is the word for sin. In the contemporary English version, James 3, 2 says, all of us do many wrong things. Isaiah 53, 6 says, we all like sheep have gone astray. And 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we ask ten people, what is sin? We might get ten different answers. So we have to be very careful not to view sin from our own personal narrow box. Some believers tend to summarize sin as cussing, drinking, smoking, or having sex outside of marriage. And that's it. If you would have asked me when I was in my early 20s, why was Sodom and Gomorrah destroyed? I would have said because of sexual sin. I had read through the Bible a number of times, but I never saw Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 49 and 50, which says, Now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. I want to say that again. This was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy yes genesis 19 gives reasons but also we see here sodom was destroyed because of pride and social injustice in the contemporary english version ezekiel chapter 16 verse 50 says they thought they were better than everyone else they thought they were better than everyone else do we ever hear that in today's society Do we ever think that? If you meet someone who looks different than you, if you meet someone who comes from another country with a strong accent, if you meet someone who's very poor, if you meet someone of a different religion, if you meet someone with a disability, do you see them as equally important or less important than you? Romans chapter 2, verse 11 says, God does not show favoritism. And James chapter 2, verse 1 says, As believers in our Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. In other words, don't be discriminatory, prejudice, don't be racist. Generally speaking, most believers think of sin as an action. For example, stealing a cell phone. But sin can also come from words. Proverbs 10:19 says when words are many sin is unavoidable. And Jesus tells us that sin can come from our emotions, our feelings. Matthew 5:22 says, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Jesus also tells us that sin can come from our thoughts. Matthew 5:28 says, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. However, possibly the sin we're least familiar with is described in James chapter 4, verse 7, which says, Anyone, then, who knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. I don't know about you, but I need to hear that again. Anyone, then... Who knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it sins. So if we see someone being mistreated, we need to speak up. We need to call 911. We need to take out our cell phone and film what's going on. Okay, we've all come to a fork. After we sin, we have two options to repent or not repent. The words for repent in the Greek language and the Hebrew language carry the meaning to be sorry, to think differently, to turn, to change one's mind, which implies to change our behavior or our action. To repent is to turn from sin and turn towards God. Jeremiah 15, 19 says, Therefore, this is what the Lord says, if you repent, I will restore you. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 19 says, after I strayed, I repented. In other words, after I sinned and I left God's path, I changed my thinking and my behavior and I got back on God's path. Matthew 4.17 says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And Jesus said in Luke 17.3, if your brother or sister sins, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Now I'd like to look at some examples in the Bible of what people have done after they sinned. One of the best known stories is Adam and Eve. The first thing they did was to get leaves and sew them together to try and cover their shame of their nakedness. The second thing they did was to try and hide from God. We cannot sew our shame away. We cannot hide our sin from God. The third thing they did was to play the blame game. Adam pointed at Eve. Eve pointed at the serpent. Finally, At the end, each of them said three words, I ate it. We know the story of David committing adultery with Bathsheba and having her husband killed. And we wonder, how could he sleep at night? In 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 1, the Lord sent Nathan to David. Nathan confronted David. And in verse 13, David said, I have sinned. I want you to hear what David wrote in Psalm chapter 32. And this is verses three through five. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. In Psalm chapter 38, verse 18, David says, I will confess my iniquity. I am troubled by my sin. The New Living Translation says, I confess my sins. I am deeply sorry for what I have done. In Psalm 51.1, David prays, have mercy on me, O God. And he prays in verse 10, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I must ask, are we troubled by our sin? Or do we go and try and cover our sin, hide our sin? Or has unrepented sin built up so much there's a callous there? We're not even aware of our sin. Psalm 68, excuse me, Psalm 66 verse 18 says, If I had ignored my sins, the Lord would not have listened to me. This is very serious. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13 says, He who conceals his sin does not prosper. But whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. The word for renounce means to turn from and to give them up. Is repentance words or action? It's both. John the Baptist said in Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. In other words, he's saying, show me you are different. Now let's go to Luke chapter 19, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 9. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house. I want us to picture Zacchaeus in our mind. Here's an older man who's risen to the level of regional manager over other tax collectors. And over time, his money and his investments have made him very wealthy. Probably money has been number one in his life for a long time he had a desire after he evidently heard about Jesus to see him however his sight was limited because the crowds were big and he was short so Zacchaeus decided to break the social norms and he ran ahead of the crowd then he climbed up in a tree to see Jesus he really wanted to see Jesus Can you imagine what went through his mind when Jesus walks right to the tree where he is? Jesus looks up and says, Zacchaeus, come on down. I must stay with you in your house today. Now, there were some people there who thought they were better than Zacchaeus. And they started gossiping. He's gone to the house of a sinner. Yes, Zacchaeus was a sinner. And yes, Jesus went to his house. Isn't that beautiful? Zacchaeus was so touched by the presence of Jesus, by the love of Jesus, by the grace of Jesus, by the mercy of Jesus, that he repented in words and action. He stood up and he announced he's going to give half of everything to the poor. And if he's cheated anyone, he'll pay him four times back the amount. What was Jesus' response to see these words and actions of repentance? He said, today salvation has come to this home. I want you to help me summarize this message. If you think you are gonna sin again, would you raise your hand? So everybody who raised their hand, you're gonna be at a fork. And you're gonna have to make a decision Are you going to repent humbly from that sin? Or are you going to hide and deny and cover, blame someone else? Or just not pay attention to that sin? After David sinned, he needed God to intervene by sending another person. But you know, David repented so much to the point that later on, he wrote in Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24 he wrote this prayer search me O God and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting I memorize verse 24 in a living Bible which says point out anything you find in me that makes you sad can you imagine that prayer Point out anything you find in me that makes you sad. Would you be willing to pray that same prayer? If we were all together, now's the time when I would say, if there's anyone who feels that they need to repent of some sin, to please come forward now. Whether it's a sin of some action, whether it's a sin of some emotion or some thought, well it's a sin of not doing something you should have done to come and share this with the lord and repent before him we are all on a journey sometimes we run sometimes we walk sometimes we fall how what a blessing to know that we have a heavenly father whose arms are open wide with love and grace and mercy as we see in the father of the prodigal son. And what a blessing to know that we have a high priest, Jesus, who sympathizes, who understands our weakness, and we can come to the throne of grace anytime we want. May we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and may God help us to repent In the name of Jesus, for his glory, amen.
1: So as our country is hurting, they're looking for solutions. They're looking for answers. We are really. But as Christians, we're called to be examples. We're called to be the leaders. And if we can't display unity and love, then the world will not. As we sing this one, this song, let's remember our brothers and sisters in Christ and think about how we can stand together to show the love of Jesus. Supply. You are important to me I need you to survive I need you I need you You need me We're all a part of God's body Dream.
2: Brothers and sisters, thank you so much for being part of our service this morning. Um, I'm going to close us in in a word of prayer in just a moment. And I just want to encourage you, even in this season that we're going through, it's a very trying time. I want to encourage you to live out that memory verse of giving your your burdens to the Lord. And also, remember, uh, we continue to be on mission for him. And so just be looking out and praying for how God can use you in the midst of this season uh, to reach the world around us. So let's pray together. Heavenly my Father, thank you so much that in the midst of all the chaos around us, that you are still in control, that you are sovereign. And so, Lord, help us to rest in that, and then help us, Lord, to, to cast our cares upon you, to give our anxiety upon you. I know many of people are afraid and scared from what they're seeing around them and seeing on the news, but, Lord, we, we are still on mission for you. So, Lord, we ask you to use us in this season. Uh, help us to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit. We pray for opportunities to reach others and and share Jesus with them. And, um, Lord, we pray as well for the time where we will meet again face-to-face at our church prepare us uh, to reopen in the coming weeks. And so, Lord, go with us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.